0: Good morning, and welcome to the Connecting Points podcast of San Diego First Church of the Nazarene. My name is D. Kelly, and it is always a joy to dig into God's Word with you. If this is your first time or your 50th time to this podcast, um, I just want to remind you that this is a time where we take the text that was used this past Sunday, and in this particular case, that was Matthew chapter 13, It is the parable of the weeds and then see if we can find connecting points to the other lectionary readings, in particular, Romans 8, 12 through 25. So that's our endeavor um, this day and we hope that it will be for you a time that takes you deeper into the word. Let me... um, Take a moment, as we often do, and that's to read the passage to which we are trying to make connections. I hope you will remember the parable of the weeds from Sunday, and if not, maybe you could put this on pause and take the time to read that passage as well. Romans 8, uh, verses 12 through 25, beginning with verse 12. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, It is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with a glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the firstfruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is not seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. This is the word of the Lord. And we say, thanks be to God. Well, this passage in Romans is uh, pretty thick uh, with language that makes a lot of assumptions that we are aware of what Paul has been arguing before we even get to this point. Um, But let me first go back, if I could, and remind you of the parable of the weeds. This is the parable where um, the servants plant seed, good seed, in good soil, And um, in the middle of the night, an evil person comes along and plants weeds, tares, uh, a type of weed that looks a lot like wheat. And so when they grow up together, it's very difficult to distinguish between the two of them. And some of the servants want to pull up the tares or the weeds right away. But the master says, no, wait until they are fully grown And then I will send workers into the field to take out the weeds, separate them from the wheat, and the wheat will be taken into the barn, and the tares or the weeds will be burned. And then there's an explanation that Jesus provides in Matthew chapter 13, verse 36, where he talks about um, the wheat and the tares and who it is that they both represent those who are children of God and those who are not children of God, those who are working evil. And that the heavenly angels will come and they will be the ones who will harvest and separate the weeds from the ter- uh, from the wheat. As part of this, I pointed out that it's as if Jesus is saying to us, yeah, you're not qualified to determine who's in and who's out. What are the weeds and what are the tears i certainly remember growing up as a kid and my mom asking me to pull the weeds out of the garden and i pulled up everything that didn't have a flower on it which means i pulled up all of her beautiful philodendron that was covering the um, landscape in her garden at the front of the house and she was stunned when she saw what i had done and I just didn't know. I couldn't tell wheat from tares. And so this makes perfect sense to me that Jesus is saying, you're actually not qualified to determine what's good and what's not good. Um, the heavenly beings are going to be the ones that take care of that. You do your job. Your job is to be faithful, to love God, to love others, to be purveyors of the good news. Let me take care of those judgment pieces, the Lord says. It also is a reminder to me that uh, this message of the story of Matthew is that we all have been tares at some point in our journey, and there may even be the weeds that are in our own life now, even though we've professed our faith in God. Either way, Jesus is saying in this parable, oh, the work's not done yet. <laughs> all of you have been tares. Wait. Wait take time I, I love the Psalm that is so beautiful associated with these readings and I do love the connecting points Psalm 139 Oh Lord you've searched me and you know me and then the incredibly powerful 13th verse for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb God knows us God knows how to reach us God knows what it takes for us to have every opportunity to give our lives to the work of God's kingdom and to live the best life we were designed to live and to trust that as God has maybe for some of us done that in our own life when we've come to know God's grace and God's love we then need to trust that God is working in the lives of others and how might we partner with what God is doing to share the good news to be safe space to be people of compassion and hope, knowing that God has knit together and knows the other person in their inmost being. And we need to find ways to unveil that image of God that's stamped on every person and to be a place where they can explore that faith with us. The powerful passage in Genesis 28 is Jacob and his journey with Esau and his devious ways, the way he lied to his father, deceived him, um, manipulated Esau to get his birthright. And yet in the midst of all of this, God chose Jacob to be the one through whom the Christ would come, the Messiah, the lineage of the Messiah. It's just so startling when we see somebody who is displaying every evidence of being a weed, (laughs) of being the tear in the field, and yet God sees something that we don't see and can work in ways we could never work. And to trust that God's work is about the business of bringing about salvation. So how does all of that then lead to this Romans passage? Well, if you don't understand that when we jump in in Romans verse 12, we are jumping into the middle of a very long argument that Paul has been making multiple chapters. You will um, notice at the beginning of this passage that it says, so then, brothers and sisters. Well, the so then is like a summary of the argument that was made in the beginning of chapter 8. But it is also, if you look at the beginning of chapter 8, verse 1, it says there is therefore, meaning that this chapter is part of a long argument. And so we're at a point where there is an argument within an argument and an explanation within an explanation, I'm going to simply say that there is this long setup for Paul of what the law was inadequate in doing, but what Christ has done and what the Spirit of God enables us to do, because we are not under law, but we are under grace. So Paul sets up this powerful passage by saying there's at work within me something that works against my best being. It's a tendency to do the things that I don't even want to do. And my struggle to, to even muster up the discipline to do the things that I know are the better things. There's this battle within and it's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. But the powerful solution to this is not just more discipline. Is not just more of my effort trying to make it work and live according to the law. The beginning of Romans 8, verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set you free from the law of sin and death. It is this proclamation, this divine solution, that says the condemnation has been taken away because of what Jesus has done. And the spirit of Christ sets me free because of what Jesus has done. So that I don't have to live subject to that battle, but I simply surrender to what Christ has already accomplished. So then we come to the passage in Romans 8, 12. We are debtors, but we're not in debt to the flesh. We don't want to live according to the flesh. But if we give ourselves to the spirit of Christ, those things of the body that that draw us in directions that are not healthy, that aren't good, that don't exemplify our love for God, that lead us toward idolatry or lead us toward ways of not loving others. We're not a slave to that spirit of the flesh. We're being led by the Spirit of God because we are the children of God. God wove us together in our inmost being. We are heirs of the good news. We are those who have been adopted into God's family. We are God's precious children. And so if as precious children, we have pulled up the philodendron in the garden and have left the, um, the flowering weeds instead. There's not condemnation in that moment. There is this incredible grace, amazing love that smiles and says, oh, hmm, we probably need to work on this. Let's do this together. Let's figure out what are the weeds in our life and what are the plants, the flowers that give new life to the garden that makes up our inmost being. And so together, God's spirit with our spirit begins to identify for us the places in our life where weeds need to be pulled. And it is God's heavenly assistance, God's divine work, that helps over time to weed out those things that eventually lead to greed, um, to anger, to lustfulness, to pride, those things that move us toward idolatry or injustice. There God begins to work and till the soil and begins to Lay the groundwork for seeds that can produce a bountiful crop. Both of nourishment, the kinds of things that come in the garden that produce food, and beauty, the kinds of things that produce for us things that are aesthetically pleasing. And so this passage of Romans is, in so many ways, such a beautiful continuation of Jesus' teachings in Matthew, that we might recognize we are heirs, joint heirs with Christ. We are the children of God. And though creation has been hindered by some of the things and choices that we've made, that there is decay that seems to work against us we have this freedom to live in the midst of this and to join in with the whole creation that is celebrating God's goodness, God's grace, and God's love. So may we do our job, which is not to try and differentiate between who is a weed and who is wheat. Leave that up to God. Been our, but in our own life to allow God's spirit to work in such a way that the wheat in our life gets nourished and grows, and the weeds or tares in our life are surrendered to God as God begins to weed them out in God's own particular way and God's timing to enable us to flourish, to enable us to love, to enable us to be purveyors of the kingdom of heaven, to enable us to reflect God's goodness and grace through our life so that others might experience the good news as well. What a joy to be with you. I hope you dig deeper into the readings and come back in a few days, and we'll look at first impressions for the um, scripture reading for this coming Sunday. And that's going to take us into some more parables. So read ahead into Matthew 13. Hope you have a great week. Look forward to being with you again.